I learned from there is what shaped me as an adult. So we, I came to United States when I was about 15 years young with my five siblings. However, going back as an older child is I would fetch for my family. I would cook, I would clean, I would wait in line for food, sometimes not knowing if I was gonna make it to the beginning of the line, if my family was going to have food. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host mother hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy. But sisters, we are making it happen, even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Rakshana Treem came to the United States as a former refugee and immigrant from Mozambique in the 1990s. She overcame sexual abuse and became an advocate for parents and child care providers to support them on their healing journey. She is now the founder and CEO of Women's Lifestyle Coaching, where she helps women overcome their rough past and create their desired beautiful life through her coaching business, whether it's one-on-one coaching, public speaking coaching, nature retreats, online programs, and building communities. Rukshana is also the founder of the Fermina Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which helps build schools in Mozambique. And later on, she wants to expand it to Malawi and Zambia, Africa. Rukshana holds a bachelor's of science degree in human development and worked as early childhood teacher, trainer, and mentor. When she's not working, she's spending time with her kids and husband. She also volunteers taking women on outdoor adventures, hiking, and backpacking. Sisters, please help me in welcoming the mother hustler mothering the world this week, Rakshana Treem. Welcome back, everybody, to another beautiful episode. And this one, I'm super excited for her to tell this mother hustler's journey because I've actually never met her in person, but I feel like I'm so strongly connected to her. We met through another acquaintance and another friend, and and then fate had, had it that we actually have so much mutual friends and I can't believe we haven't run into each other and we may have but 
it's like so many people, wonderful people to meet in the local area. So welcome, Rukshana. Thank you so much, Karine, for having me here. I am honored for uh, to be on this beautiful platform and to just be here and share my journey. So thank you for having me. You are so welcome, sister. And I'm really excited to dive deep into what happened to you because I think what happens to us in the past is truly the driver of our future, right? And so I love hearing people's story when they were a child. So um, take us through that journey as a child and how do you think that the experience in your childhood and the way that you were raised by your mom and dad or your mom, especially, if you have a really good relationship with her, I would love for you to pay tribute to her and give her some kudos as well, because those are the real mother hustlers, is the mother hustlers who raised us, that became mother hustlers as well. So um, I'll just give it all to you and allow you to tell that journey. Absolutely. Again, thanks again for having this presence of me here today. So my journey started in Mozambique. I am, um, I was born in Mozambique and Mozambique is in Africa. And due to the war, uh, my family migrated to the next country, which is called Malawi. And when we migrated at that time with a family of five, we hiked about two days into this country, small country, to find asylum away from the war. Mm. And then when we arrived in Malawi, we had stayed there about five years in the refugee camp, just trying to settle in, to fit in, get to know the culture. And just about when we're about settling in after five years, my father at that time said, you know, it is best to move to another country, which is the next neighboring country called Zambia. Mm. So again, our family packed up again. At that time, we're a family of seven. We packed up all our stuff and hiked for another two days. Uh, we call it walking across the mountain, but I call it hiking now. Wow. Uh, we hiked for two days um, with no food or water, carried all of our stuff and luggages on our head through the mountains and arrived in Zambia for in the refugee camp. And then we stayed there in, an, in the refugee camp until I was 15. At that time, I believe that in my teen years, that's when my life started began shaping who I was going to become. I really feel it was a gift to live in that experience because of the skills that I learned from there is what shaped me as an adult. So we, I came to United States when I was about 15 years young with my five siblings. However, going back as an older child is I would fetch for my family. I would cook, I would clean, I would wait in line for food, sometimes not knowing if I was going to make it to the beginning of the line, if my family was going to have food. Um, I made sure that when my, my father and my mother was out searching for money and doing little jobs here and there, I was responsible to take care of my siblings, my other four siblings. Mm. So again, that shaped me for who I have become today. But also a little bit um, is... I had, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse of a family member for that long, from age five to age 15. So mm -hmm. I had to learn through all that process to speak up and to seek my needs, to advocate for myself because I, my existence was for everybody else. So it has been an incredible journey through all of that. That's, you know, when I came to United States with that pain, with that wounds, 
from my past, uh, my traumas, and I started running away from all the problems, causing more harm to myself. You know, I started, uh, you know, being in not healthy relationship. I met my ex-husband at that time who gave me the beautiful gift of life. I had three beautiful children and he was also, he's also from Africa. And uh, through that, I learned, you know, to be a parent and also still learning how to be a parent because now my kids are in their 20s. Wow, girlfriend. Wow, you gave me a ton of goosebumps. And there, there is something to be said with the power of adversities, right? And as I was listening to your story, and this is just scratching the surface of your story, I like... I almost cried about your story because when you look at hiking and walking and how old were you when you guys did the first one? So I was five years young at the time when we left and then I was 10 years young when we left again. So it was five years. It's like five years at a time. Yes. And then I was five years when I came to United States. Wow. I mean, 15, so, I was 15 years when I came. Yeah, it's like five, five, five. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you talk about being the oldest that's responsible for your younger siblings. Is that right? How many siblings do you have? And are you the oldest? I have four siblings. And yes, I am the oldest. I can connect to that because I grew uh, um, up around domestic violence when I was about five, six, maybe even seven. I remember because I'm one of three sisters but in the middle and my oldest sister and we just actually got talking about this and some of the things in your past i think kind of just get buried under there somewhere and you forget the details and my oldest sister especially when you're young like you're just confused what to believe you know yes and my oldest sister daisy had brought up some something that really brought back some so much emotions for me and um and made me remember every freaking details in that moment to a point where I could literally remember her face when she was young because as an old, you might be an oldest sister, like I told her, like you, you may have been responsible and you felt like you were an adult, but as your younger sister, I could see your face like right now as a younger sister thinking like she's not even that old, like she's not my mom, she's not old enough to be mom, but she's acting mm. and taking on that responsibility. And for her to say like, I used to put you around my waist and then Rosie on my other hand and we run away from danger and da 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 da. And I'm just like, you say that as if we were your children. And yeah. when I look at your face in my memory, I could see like you were super, you were still a baby too, you know? Yes. And I, I really feel that also it's important as we go through that trauma, it's to mother that little girl, you know, to take care of her, to, to be gentle with her, especially when those memories come back. And it, it's hard because those are, whatever it's going to trig, what, trigger in life, it's, it's important to remember that we were just a child at that time. So I can totally, and those triggers come all the time. And part of self-awareness and learning about ourselves is to continue to grow and to to be gentle with ourselves but to say okay I know my story now what's next what can I do how can I help myself so that way I can have the tools that I have gained to help other people 
Yeah, and how can I make a positive out of it in order to change the world? And with, you know, your mission, I could I could hear it a little bit, and my mission is is sort of aligned with each other. But um, my mission is, or my vision, actually, it's not even just a mission, but it's 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 a big vision is to mother the world and. It's like a twist of to change the world, but because mother and mother hustler is like so much of my making and like I embody that, mm -hmm. that I use to mother the world. And it's such a better, um, it's such a better word to use than change because we already know the world is broken and it needs a lot of change, but I think it needs a mother more than anything. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And a mother heart, a mother is such a powerful word. You know, I call it just not just the mother. A mother is also the mother earth is how, you know, the mother earth takes care of us. You know, it's really evolved. It's more embodying it about this powerful nature of a mother. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So when you came to America, what happened? So when I came to America, when I was 15 years young, I, you know, due to this uh, sexual abuse, I ran away from home. And mm. that's, you know, I, I, I stopped going to school and I got at that time I got married to my husband and um, to seek what I was seeking as that age I would think and I made that decision to marry my husband and had three children and then I realized I started growing and evolving mm -hmm. and I didn't like um, the husband I married because he reminded me a lot about um, the traumas and the sexual abuse I was reminded so I got a divorce and I moved to Oregon and I raised all the three kids here in Oregon. And at that time I was in San Diego. That's when we had migrated to San Diego. Wow. You are a brave soul. I'm telling you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Tell you. me about your children, your three kids. I know they're grown. I saw some pictures when you went to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, I have three beautiful kids. So my, my first one, uh, she's 20. Uh, she's 23 years young. She's out in UCLA right now. Um, and What's my second, her name is Soul. And my second one, her name is Hannah. And she is 21 years young. She just turned 21. So that was perfect to take her to Mexico. And we tried a lot of margaritas. And then <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I have, I have uh, also uh, a 19 year old who's my son. He's in New York, who right now at this time, I don't have any connection with him due to the incidents that has happened in the past. Okay. If Soul was listening today, what would you tell her? I would tell her that I'm so proud of her, who is she's learning to become and, and learning to be open and all the challenges she's, she's taken on and all, all the self-care she's working on herself. I'm so proud of her. Wow. And I love her. Oh, of course you do. Yeah. How about Hannah? What would you tell 21-year-old Hannah? I, Hannah has been one of my beautiful, challenging child in a good way. She tried to commit suicide mm. when she was 16. So, you know, and for her, I want to tell her that I love her, whatever choice that she makes in her life. Mm -hmm. And it is not her fault that anything that has happened to me. Wonderful. You're such a good mama. Thank you. I know you don't talk to your son, but if you had a chance to tell him something, what would you say? Because technology 
will reach a lot of people, especially podcasting. Absolutely. And one of the things I also do um, is I send him text messages and I leave him voicemail and I send him emails and I send him gift cards for his special Christmas holidays. Um, if my son is listening right now, um, I want to tell him that I am sorry that I wasn't the mom that he hoped me to be. Mm -hmm. And I want a second chance. Mm -hmm. I want to apologize and I love him. Thank you for that. That's really brave for you to say, especially on a platform like this. And um, when I was a teenager, because I saw my mom putting up with stuff, you know, mm -hmm. as a young child in my first decade, I, I wanted to fix everything for her. And I was so little that I knew I And then after, and, and the siblings would just like, literally save a little bit of our food so and not eat it all so that our mother can eat i mean that's just thinking back now that's like such an amazing thing without even talking to each other that we would do all that for our mother because we knew what our mother was going through and so and we wanted to fix it as much as we could within our power and so that was really my first 10 decades, guys. And I just wanted to share this life that I have leading up to my current decade because it's, even though I'm crying right now, it's not, it's not a sad story, actually. It's going to be, it's going to get better and better and better. And it's such an amazing story. So I want you to stay tuned and listen to the rest of my story in my solo episodes because I truly believe that our stories are meant to be shared to empower other people and to give other people permission to share their stories because my stories may impact you but your story may impact a different audience a different kind of person a different kind of audience and tribe so anyways when I turned nine I started having and creating this escape whenever all these things was happening and my escape was always thinking about America and I came to the U.S. when I was 20 um, in the verge of turning 21 so that's going to be my next episode on my solo episode but I remember when I was nine and ten <clears throat> at that time we knew that my grandma so my uncle Doug came first to America as a Navy U.S. Navy and then he sponsored my um, grandmother and grandfather on my dad's side to come here. And once they became uh, US citizens, they also sponsored their kids, which my dad was one of them. And we waited about 12 years to actually receive the letter that we were ready to come to America. But in the meantime, because it took 12 years, around nine or 10, I would always dream about coming to America and that was like my escape from all the troubles that I have been exposed to and I would think about Disneyland which I've gone to three times now and I would think about the Hollywood which I go a lot because I used to live in LA and my sister and my mom li lives in LA and a lot of our family do and like I never like I would always dream that was always my escape is to come to America and so with that being said, I'm going to end it there because there's going to be the second decade of my life that continues to dream about America and, um, and how everything came about since 
about my second decade is when we actually, towards the end of the second decade, is when we actually came to America. And this was when the law of attraction started happening to me before I even understood that it was the law of attraction. And so with all of that said, I sincerely appreciate all of you for being here on my podcast. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be heard and also giving me the opportunity to hold space for all of you mother hustlers. And for those of you that are not connected with me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all across the board, I'm Kareen Mills. So at Kareen Mills is my handle. And I truly would love your feedback about this episode because I'm pouring my heart out in this four part series to tell my story from one decade to another. And I hope you truly enjoy this series and can continue to really start understanding of where I'm coming from, who I am from the core, why do I do what I do, what drives me, why am I so motivated to help and hold space for mother hustlers and all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the flip. Have an awesome day. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day. Was that the day after you burst into tears with Patty? No, that was that was a few years apart. That was Patty. I was going through shift. That was where I knew knew like life is great. My career is going good. We're you know living in a good house. To where okay, I need to make a change. Something's not lining up anymore. And I explored into that and entered into school. Backed out of my real estate. Um, passed it off to somebody who I trusted and knew would manage it, and entered into school full time. Wow. And what did you go to school for? Um, I, business and leadership. Business and leadership. And because of, and so I did my four years in less than three years. Mm. And I took every communication course they offered because I was, you know, I have this, it was of interest and I had this marriage and some things going on. So I kept trying to better my communication. And so I ended up through that process, accidentally graduating with a double major. 
Wow. <laughs> and and top five percent of all students. What was your it? major? The two majors. That you Organizational read? communication, and wow. and uh, business and leadership. Wow. And and I became a volunteer mediator during that time. And so became a certified mediator as well. Wow. So it was a lot. And so so through that whole course, I'm busy with school and the kids and and you know, trusting my husband at the time was doing what he needed to do for household and there was a lot of questions during that. So that that was a, about three, three and a half years apart from from that. Wow. And and I was I was heading into graduation, so we and and this is a funny thing. At that time, this is the kicker. I was also Mrs. Clark County, America at that time. So the whole, the image that you see from other people, when you look at them, you're like, oh, they have everything together. Their life is probably perfect. Right. It's sometimes just what you're seeing on the outside. Um, this, this opportunity to represent women of Clark County in this organization came to me from three different sources where I was asked to do this. And I thought, well, there must be something into this. I'll lean into it. So that's the other mm -hmm. thing is look for synchronicities in your life of where if you have something from this area and that area and this area that show up for you, there's probably something in there that you need to lean into. Mm. Interesting. And, um, Carl Jung talks about synchronicities. Yeah. And and so look for those patterns and and gut check it and see how is this lining up with my total vision and my core values of what I need to do moving forward. And so that was that was an opportunity that showed up. And so at the time I I we were removed from this home, staying with friends, and two weeks later I was up in Seattle on stage for the Mrs. America pageant. I mean the um, uh, Mrs. Washington America pageant. Wow. And, and, and placed as a runner up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, and I, I, I know now looking back why that happened, but I thought the timing of everything is so interesting. And so there's a higher power. There is definitely a higher power. Yeah. We so, don't know. We have control, but we don't always have control over we have control over things i think we have control over the decision that we yes make. yes but then what happens after you make that decision just it's that divine design that just happens because what happens after you create the decision is not up to you yeah but the decision you always presented with the options right yes yeah and then you have to pick one yes. and when you pick one there's whatever happens after that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, that's why they say you're only one decision away to making, to change your life, because it will change your life when you make a decision. And, you know, I always, um, there are a lot of moms out there and the, the mission that I have for the podcast is, is split into two. Number one is to be able to allow moms like you and me that are just going for their dreams and yeah i always say being a mother is number one and and chasing our dream is 1.1 1 .1. right it's not even number two because right. we never want to lose sight of our dreams yeah. because of motherhood but we also don't want to lose sight of being mother first that's yeah. the number one 
goal that we that's why we want to chase our dreams because we want to show our kids that you could be whoever you want to be and you could do it gracefully even when you have kids yeah it's it's the message i got from my mother right so we want to pass that on to our kids that they truly can do whatever they want to do they're going to have skill sets and they're going to have interests and they're going to have opportunities and whatever their decision is to step forward is a decision they have but whatever that is they can do they can do whatever yeah i would say um allow them empower them to make a decision and then if it doesn't go as well don't leave your kids in the mess right yeah yeah. always pick them up always be there for them but don't make the decision for them them. yeah yeah i think that's you know that's the best thing you can do and not hold their hand and do it for them yeah one one thing too that kind of come up to me too is is as we're talking about this is the thought that um making no decision is a decision it's also a decision it is it is it's i i think back in my my first marriage and um you know it wasn't a horrible marriage and that's what made the decision to leave even harder um but the making no decision for a few years was a decision and it it, it didn't feel good right you, you know when you have to make a decision and you don't it, it doesn't feel good and I'm a believer too that if you know you need to make a decision and don't, the universe is going to bitch slap you into that decision. I know. It'll make this is what I always say. It has it, it doesn't hurt enough yet. Yes. And the universe will make it hurt even more and uh-huh. more until you get out of it. Because you're supposed to make a decision against it, right? Yes. That's why it was presented like that pull of your gut presented to you um, because it's telling you I always say that's your when you're presented an opportunity that's your future talking to you yeah I always say that yeah that's your future trying to pull you to its direction but it can't talk to you you have the power to to make that decision and then once you make the decision then it'll start pulling you like yeah. the decisions you made all throughout this whole thing where you went to school, you got double degree, you went to Mrs. Clark County. You, went, I mean, it's just like turn into something even bigger. Mm-hmm. You talk about this shift that you felt and you started making changes in your life. And it seemed like when you said that you had felt that you have to make a change within you. Mm-hmm. Are you in that it's not feeling at home for you and you've got to do something? Were you feeling at all that it was your fault, that things aren't, aren't, aren't feeling like they should be, so you went for, you went to go make a change to make it right? Um, change to make it right. I. I don't, I don't know that it felt like it was that I had to make something right things. That's an interesting question. So um, just reflecting back um, at the times where I, I, you know, from the end of my first marriage and then uh, in the middle of this, my second marriage, um, there was, 
I just felt that there was something else. Like, I think in my first marriage, I definitely felt like I needed to make something right. I, I was, I had ignored the decision and put it off and tried to live according to what, you know, the, the quote unquote perfect wife expectations were supposed to be. And it was very much like Stepford wife living, you know, the, the perfect house, the perfect kids, you know, everything's perfect. And that's why I love so much what you said that one time is um, living by passion, not perfection. Um, the second time when I uh, saw uh, Patty in the hallway and, and I cried and I was like, I felt like a shift. My life was going good. I was, I was feeling good. Uh, there was just, there was something pulling me into the future. So it wasn't correcting anything as much as it was a hunger. You know, you, you, like our bodies tell us when we need to make a change. If we need to sleep, we feel tired and we have to lay down. If we're yeah. feeling hungry, our tummies grumble. If we have to go use the restroom, there's pressure, right? And this feeling at that point was some type of hunger that I had to move forward mm. and, and figure something else out. And what I was doing in my life that, that the few little classes and stuff I was taking through work wasn't enough to satisfy that hunger. There was mm. something bigger and I didn't know what it was. It, and I had to lean into that. And that's where that's what it took me to school. And I, I had interviewed several schools and um, looked, but when there was something about the university I chose, which was Merrill Hurst, but there's something there that from the moment I stepped on the campus, I knew exactly that was where I needed to be. And I would say that through several of my courses, people, you know, there was the mayor of Gresham and people who were very qualified in their business uh, attending college there. And there was me who was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just, you know, <laughs> but I know this is exactly where I need to be. And, and it's leaning into each step. And again, sometimes you just have that one next step. Yeah. But you know, it's in the direction you need to go. And you make another step. Yeah, I went to, you've heard of eWomen's, right? Yes. E-Women Network. And I went to the summit that they just had. Yeah. yeah. And it was, the founder of it spoke, you know, in front of everybody. And she, she, that feeling that you have, she calls it a clutch. Like there's a clutch, you know, like when you clutch yeah. a car. Yeah. I, I learned to drive the car with a stick. So like you clutch and change and it. Oh, it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost like if you if it's a human, it cringes. Like it tells you, oh, don't go there. You need to go here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I really, I truly believe in the in the clutch that when it just, oh, it just doesn't good. feel right. Yeah, you know, it doesn't fit. It's grinding. It's yeah, funky. yeah, yeah. She said that um, it when you feel that clutch, this is how you know it's there is that when you're about to make a decision and you need to go talk to someone to try and talk you out of it, uh-huh. that means you should go with that, with the other way. Like oh. quit, talking to, quit talking about just move it because it's like a launching pad for your next step. Yeah. And yeah. I love how she described that it's a launching pad for what you need to be doing. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a question through, um, in the coaching training that I got is like, what is this causing you to become? Or who is this causing you to become? You know, like, hmm. like um, and we, we have, um, Mel Robbins talks about in her book that uh, it, each new situation in our life is requiring us to be a different version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
and leaning into that and figuring out who is this next version of me, you know, Kareem 5.0 or, you know, that's, that's your growing in and, and causing that to become. Wow. I love her. Uh -huh. Robin. I know she's a five second rule. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So you talk about the image that like, this is this little perfect family from the outside. And I think you're about to talk about being homeless and you're, you're walking the stage as Mrs. Clark County, because you've told me this story. And I think that it's really important that a lot of listeners or people that may watch our YouTube channel yeah, yeah. <laughs> to really yeah. hear this because I think we work so hard to look perfect, right? Yeah. And, and I think women need to just stop it and, and just accept some, that it's never gonna be perfect and quit pretending and just yeah. live your life because it's so much easier to live genuinely, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. authenticity is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's so it's so true, and, and that was I, I have to say that was that was something that I had a hard time with in that pageant because you know pageant queen, and it's just it's really I'm not the center of attention kind of person, and yet here I'm in this role all of a sudden, and um, so I, I learned a couple lessons out of that, but it, it was it was true. I mean, you know, having to go in into this pageant, there's women who've done that year over year over year representing their their community, their mm. city, their county, you know, whatever. And they can go until they win. And you know, so it's it's great. And they're they're huge on community involvement. That was one of the reasons why I was nominated in because I was very involved in the community and giving back and and that was that's about fifty percent of what they look at. So mm. you know so there was that and and um, and yet it's how you present yourself. Are you are you complete package as a as a wife? Um, this is the Mrs. Pageant. So um, you know, are are you um, you know upholding standards? And you know, so so there's there's a lot that went into it. And and um, you know, and, and of course, so I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm now all of a sudden I have no home. I've lost my home. Like trying to figure what the heck is going on with my marriage. This really allowed me to dive in and I, I had to really reconcile what my view of marriage was and and you know and then also married to this person that I was married to at the time and and the whole okay I'm facing another divorce and oh my you know there's just a lot that you can beat yourself up with and really those are all external things that are coming mm -hmm. in out at you that you know beat yourself up and 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 so I thought I, I had a I had a role I had a, I had a job I had uh, the curiosity to explore it I was learning so much through that program and meeting such amazing women from all over the state of Washington that I had I, I can't not show up for this and participate and um, fortunately stayed with some friends it, it was parents of friends of mine um, Don and D Donald McIntosh and. Um, and I thought, okay, I, there, how am I going to get this together? I, you know, monies, it, it just everything was gone. And um, they had called me to the table, Don and Donna, one evening, and they said, we want to talk to you about this pageant. And I said, yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to beg out of it. I, I don't even have a dress. I don't have all. And they said, well, we're going to help you. We think wow. you should do it. 
And so they really saw how it would benefit me beyond the moment. And it taught me the idea of setting the vision, right? So they sat down with a yellow pad of paper and said, what's our goal here? Write wow. it down. What are the pieces that you need? Okay, let's write those down. A dress, makeup, you need a hotel. You know, I needed a fall here. Okay, well then where what are our resources? Who do you know that you, where you can get a dress? And who do you know where we can get makeup? And who do you know? And so we went down and within an hour we had a whole game plan for that. And that's that's how you tackle goals. That's how you get through things. You set your vision. Break it down into steps that you can do. Find your resources, who are people you know or skills you have, or if you don't have them, find them. And put your game plan together. And so it got me through that moment, and then it got me through many next moments. And and um, and it was it was cool. So that was a fun experience. Like I, I, said, I don't actually share that with a lot of people because it's, <laughs> um, I still have the crown and the sash though. You still have your bragging, right? And I you do, have I props still, to prove it. I do. Um, and I still remain friends with many of those women I met through that experience. Um, but then, you know, fast forward a few months, I'm, um, I'm still without a home and file for divorce and um, and there was accounts that were seized and, you know, so I didn't even have a bank account because of all that whole legal mess. Was this in your first or second Second marriage, marriage after, after the pageant and all of this. So, um, you know, it's, what do you do? So thank goodness I have such good friends. Um, I was literally at, you know, age 40 something couch surfing with a couple kids. It, it was, you were 40. I was 40. Yeah, 44, wow. 45. You look great, by the way, for being <laughs> oh, 50. Yes. Yeah. I saw your, your post on Facebook saying you're 50, but I'm like, what? She's 50? Yeah. Oh, she looks so good. Oh, thank you. <gasps> I think I was 46 or 47 when I went through the pageant. It was just a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. I thought that was a long time ago. No. Uh -uh. No, that was just a few years ago. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this all yeah three and a half years ago. So 2014, I was Mrs. Clark County 2014. So so there's um, there, there's a couple of things that is very like a common thread amongst the women that I've been interviewing, and, oh, and one of one of which was 